welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostly, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing, especially for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners. Get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm very excited to be welcoming on the show Jack Pope, who's been a host for over 20 years. He's been hosting in Western Canada, and he's the former president of Western Canada's largest B&B association at the time. He's always been an early adopter of new technology in the home sharing space and has also stayed at over 25 Airbnb listings himself during his travels. So, Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. It's it's good to be with you uh, this morning. I've been uh, trying to keep up with your travels from Singapore to Sri Lanka, and now I understand you're in New York. That's correct. I just arrived a few days ago. It's been a, a, a fun time so far. It's always good to be back in the in the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, New York's a fun place to be. Absolutely. So, uh, so Jack, um, we talked a little bit about your story. I'm, I'm very excited to get into the details. You have a, a host of experience when it comes to uh, hospitality. Um, you're also a, a super host on Airbnb for seven consecutive quarters. So, you know, congratulations. That's a, that's a major achievement. Um, so let's get started. Could you please share how you got involved in, in the B&B business? Well, you know, my former career was as a teacher. So uh, summertime, I was always looking for ways to kind of supplement my income. And I, and I got into building houses, building our own houses. And the last house that we built, which is a beautiful, beautiful location right on the, uh, on the ocean, when we started building it, we were realizing that we're going to have a, an extra space on the bottom floor. So I converted that into a, a suite, and we thought, okay, what, what are we going to do with it? The zoning didn't allow us to rent it out on a long-term basis, but it did allow us to operate a bed and breakfast. So we kind of stumbled into it, but in the process, I connected with a group of like-minded individuals on the Sunshine Coast who were very, very active in the bed and breakfast industry. And it just kind of grew from there. I got very involved in this organization. Eventually, I became its president. And we were able to do some amazing cutting edge things in the, uh, I think, 2002, 2003. We won a, actually won a, a provincial award for technology and tourism when we developed this thing called an availability matrix. And that's something we all take for granted today when you go and 
look at a listing, you can see what dates are available and which are not. But you can imagine what it would be like without such a tool. You're playing telephone tag back and forth and back and forth trying to nail down a, a booking with somebody. And so we eventually went on to build a technology where somebody could book directly online, uh, which is, you know, the Airbnb instant book model. So it's been a great ride. And uh, I guess as a teacher, I've always been interested in learning things. And uh, I found that there was definitely a payoff to learning how to run the Airbnb business. So I've been very, very active in each year adding uh, new things. I retired from teaching in 2005 uh, because I could see the potential for my own business. And since then, I have increased my bookings by 80%, but actually managed to increase my revenue by over 150%. So I guess I'm a bit of a pioneer in the industry I've sort of ridden this digital uh, roller coaster of technology and coming to a platform like Airbnb, which I think has everything that uh, I've always wanted to use, but it's on one platform and it's just been a great tool for me to use for my own business. So can you talk a little bit more about what it was like to host like 20 years ago? Did people even use the internet back then? Not really. You know, maybe 20% of my bookings would come via some uh, website. And it was always interesting, you know, you would take a booking over the phone. And uh, at the end, you would say to people, like, how did how did you hear about Coracle Cove? And of course, they would say, well, I found you on the internet. <laughs> so that didn't really mean much because, you know, I was trying out various listing platforms. There was a local portal here called Big Pacific that uh, advertised on the Internet and you could get, you know, kind of a minimal listing on it. And uh, I found that I was getting a lot of referrals from that portal. And, you know, using Google Analytics, you can you can tell where your traffic is coming from. But mostly it was telephone contact and, uh, and brochures and just, you know, getting out and trying to promote yourself as much as possible. I was very lucky early in the game where I met a travel writer at a conference that I attended and uh, she very generously wrote up a beautiful uh, it was a whole page spread in the Vancouver Sun about Coracle Cove. And then that seemed to set things in motion. I hosted a, a writer from Lonely Planet and, of course, got into the Lonely Planet guide. And so, you know, there are a whole variety of things that uh, that you would do to try and get yourself out there. But, you know, once... Once the uh, listing platforms came along, it made things a lot easier. I would say right now, probably about 70% of my bookings are coming from Airbnb. In fact, so much so that I have my own website and I have a merchant account so I can take credit cards. 
uh, so much so that I was kind of getting too many bookings from Airbnb and not enough on my own website that I had to change merchant account providers to get away from some of the minimum charges that they were applying. So it's been a very interesting story. But again, you know, come back to Airbnb. It's just an incredible platform. Uh, my bookings probably in the last two years on Airbnb have gone from maybe five or 10% to now 70%. And are you using any other platforms aside from Airbnb? Well, I've got my own website, uh, which I've had for, you know, probably 15 years and I'm constantly tweaking it. But I'm on, uh, I'm on Flipkey. Of course, Flipkey is owned by TripAdvisor. Uh, TripAdvisor really was another great tool that I used, you know, probably five, six years ago. I did a lot of things to ensure that my guests would write reviews. You know, TripAdvisor, probably about 10% of guests will actually write reviews. I got that figure up to about 30% just by using a variety of strategies to encourage guests to write reviews. Uh, what else? I'm, I'm on HomeAway. I'm on the local tourism site, Sunshine Coast Tourism. So, you know, I don't want to confine myself to just one portal uh, because then, you know, it's the old adage of you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. What are some of these strategies that you mentioned to get people to leave a review? Well, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I had a young couple checking out, and I always try and engage with my guests, you know, try and find out what, what it is that they want to do, uh, make sure that I'm providing them with lots of information about the Sunshine Coast. But uh, as, as they were leaving, you know, they, they knocked on the door to say goodbye. And, you know, I, I simply said to them, have you used Airbnb before? You know, that's kind of the lead in. And they said no. And so I said to them, well, I'll be sure to write you a good review. And I always relate a story of when we were traveling through New England, uh, some of our hosts were single women. And they were very, very concerned about knowing who they were going to be hosting. So I, you know, I kind of tell them that story that hosts like to know about who it is that's coming. And, and you know, so when I say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I write you a review. Uh, I hope that you'll write one about us. And then I guess about 10, 15 minutes after they had driven out the driveway, I know that when they go to the ferry, uh, they're going to be waiting in line uh, to catch this ferry. There's good Wi-Fi reception. So I sent them a little message, a text using Airbnb's messaging service saying, again, thanks for staying with me, yada, yada, yada. And then as soon as I got the email from Airbnb saying, you know, how was so-and-so as a guest, I immediately completed that review because, again, that's – all of these things are, are reminding the guest that's just checked out that, hey, I've written you a nice review. Uh, I hope that you do the same. And right now I'm probably getting 
Oh, I think when I last looked at the Airbnb metrics, it was a 91% return rate on uh, on guest writing reviews. So that's why I have so many reviews. That's a very high percentage for sure. Um, you've also mentioned to me before we started recording that you've used your reviews to give you inspiration on how to brand your your listing. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I'm actually using my reviews in a couple of ways now. But a few years ago, I went through this branding exercise uh, where we looked at TripAdvisor reviews to kind of create a brand. I was taking a course online from uh, from Cornell University, and, and this was one of the little case studies that we did. So I thought, well, why don't I do that for myself? Uh, so I went through all of my TripAdvisor reviews, I think over the last year or maybe year and a half, and I tried to categorize the things that my guests were commenting on. And at the end of the exercise, I had a very, very, very clear picture of what my guests were seeing when they stayed with me. And so that's obviously my brand. Uh, up until that point, you know, I was just branding myself as this, this waterfront bed and breakfast on the Sunshine Coast. Well, there were probably about a dozen of us. I knew them all. And, you know, so we were just all kind of the same. But it wasn't until I really saw my brand through the eyes of my customers that it really crystallized what it was that I could really focus on. And the beauty of that, so, I, so you know, I, I kind of changed my website up a little bit, moved things around. I had this beautiful quote from Lonely Planet about uh, – my suite being located mere steps from the glistening brine, this beautiful lyrical passage. And so I moved that quote right up to the very top of my website so that that would be the first thing that my guests would see. So the beauty of that is that once you're very clear on what your brand is, you're going to attract people who are interested in that brand. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you're providing a brand that people are looking for, then in their reviews, they're going to talk about that brand so that the brand just gets reinforced and reinforced and reinforced through your reviews. And then the other thing that I've done uh, is I've taken quotes from my, from my reviews and I've used those as captions in my photos. So instead of my saying, you know, king-sized bed in the bedroom, I have a quote from one of my guests saying, it was, it was wonderful to lie in this large bed listening to the waves lapping against the shore. I'm just looking at some of the quotes. Uh, I think it's a great idea for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, there's no better way to describe the guest experience than to let the guests speak for themselves. Yeah. So I, yeah, think, that's I, it. I think that's a great idea. That's very inspirational, I think, for a lot of other Airbnb hosts. And, you know, I like that you talked about the branding because I think that's a very important aspect that a lot of hosts kind of overlook because when you get started, like, you know, what's your brand? You, you don't really know. 
a lot of hosts they get started by you know it's create a listing and and see how it goes and so you might not even be aware of what the most attractive aspects of your listing are uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's really useful to know that because you can use that in so many places so you can once you know what what it is that people appreciate most about your place. You can, for example, put a picture of that first. You can mention it in your title. You can highlight it in your description. You can highlight it in your caption. So there's a lot of places that you can use that information. So I think it's it's a very good exercise that all Airbnb hosts should do at some point once you have maybe five or 10 reviews. Just go through the reviews and, and see what people say. And that's why I chose the title uh, for my listing as Oceanside Hot Tub plus Sunsets equals Bliss because my guests talk about this Oceanside Hot Tub and we've got lots of great sunset pictures. So, you know, in, in essence, that's my brand. And, you know, I kind of did a quirky thing where I did it in all lowercase lettering just to you know, just to make it unusual and to make it stand out even more. Mm -hmm. You've heard me talk about Hostly a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostly guidebook to my guests as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully Host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostfully host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostly host. So are you using any tools to, to manage your Airbnb listing? You mentioned that you've always been an early adapter of, uh, of new technology. Yeah, actually, I'm really looking at dynamic pricing right now. And... I haven't found a tool other than just a lot of, you know, tedious keeping track of of bookings and when they were made and, you know, seeing how far ahead of the booking year I am each year so that I can use that to, you know, more aggressively drive my prices. And, and, and that's really tedious. And like I say, I haven't found a, a tool that really per se works for that because, you know, I'm in a small community. There's only 300 Airbnb bookings on the, on the whole Sunshine Coast. And, you know, so they don't have the tools to handle a market that small, but what I have been using is a product that, uh, that you kind of turned me on to uh, Aviva IQ to schedule specific messages to my guests and to do that automatically so that I don't have to worry uh, whether or not I've remembered to send out my email with the, for instance, the, the keyless door lock code to my guest. And, you know, my guest is going to show up and I'm not at home and they can't get into the uh, suite. So 
I just started using that, and and I and I think it's going to be a great tool. So basically, what happens is when I get a booking, it it involves four separate messages, uh, and the first message is just kind of a friendly welcome and uh, confirming their reservation. And I have a a little video that I created several years ago, just with some, I'm a photographer, so just some pictures of what what they're going to see and things that they can do when they're visiting the Sunshine Coast. So it's just a little teaser. It's it's a minute and a half long. You know, most people don't mind watching, you know, something for a minute and a half. And even if they only watch 30 seconds of it, it's enough to kind of start making that connection. Uh, about four or five days, even a week before my guests are due to arrive, that's when I send them the directions, a very detailed directions on how to find my location. Uh, and I also send them a link to a blog that uh, I've prepared called 72 Hours on the Sunshine Coast. And it's a bit of a takeoff on the New York Times uh, in their travel section. They do 48 hours in Cuba or 48 hours in New York City. So I do 72 hours on the Sunshine Coast. And basically it's from the time they get on the ferry until they leave, there's 15 things for them to do, including uh, my recommendation for where they stop for lunch on the way up, where they go for dinner their first night, where they have breakfast the next morning, dinner that night, a series of activities in various communities, all in all 15 things that I am personally recommending that they do. And I've, I've had an incredible response from my guests on how much that they appreciate that information. Then on the morning that they're due to arrive, I send them another little email saying, hey, I know you've been super busy trying to get away. In case you haven't had a chance to look at it, here's the link to the video and the blog again. And usually, you know, they're waiting in the ferry lineup to uh, to catch the ferry to come over. So I'm catching them when they can relax and start thinking about their trip. And then the fourth uh, email is, you know, the thanks for staying with us and requesting them to write a review. So uh, Aviva IQ uh, manages all that automatically. It, it personalizes the email. It allows me to put in my own specific content. And then you can specify precisely when you want those emails to go out. So my, for instance, my, my confirmation of the booking, it goes out 10 minutes after they have made their booking on Airbnb. So I think it's going to be a great tool. Awesome. And for the listeners who haven't heard about Aviva IQ, you can, uh, you can sign up for free actually at uh, www.avivaiq.com. Jack, before I let you go, I want to ask you one more thing. You talked about the importance of providing good directions. And I know this is something that you've noticed uh, when you when you stayed at other Airbnbs around the world during your travels, that sometimes the hosts don't 
provide very accurate information, which uh, which can be a little bit challenging sometimes. Yeah, we were in uh, Eastern Europe in May, and we were in Venice, and then we traveled through Croatia. And the European cities and small towns are not laid out in the uh, traditional North American grid system. So directions are challenging at the best of times. And uh, often it's difficult to find the, the, the name of the street and even the number on the building. So just to give you uh, my, my, worst, my worst case story, uh, we flew into Split. There were five of us traveling together. So uh, we landed in the airport, uh, hopped into two cabs. It's a half hour drive into the city. And uh, I had mapped everything out. And of course, you know, Airbnb provides a, a Google place marker for, for the location. And so I was using that with the driver and he got us to the location and we get out and the Google place marker was incorrect. We were actually uh, about 400 meters from <laughs> where we were supposed to be, uh, which may not sound like a big deal, but you know, when you've got a series of streets going off in 10 different directions, it was certainly confusing. And of course, you know, there's five of us and we've all got our luggage and we're, we're schlepping around trying to find out where this place is. I phoned the host, uh, who as it turns out was in Italy, and after two phone calls, still being unable to find the, the location, I said to her, is there somebody that can come out onto such and such a street at this restaurant and meet us? And that's what she did. And, and eventually, you know, we, we got settled in. But, you know, it's not a very good first impression, is it? And it's certainly when, when, you know, when ratings and reviews are so important, first impressions are really, really important. And in fact, you know, one of the checkboxes that Airbnb uses in their review is, is the check-in. And, uh, you know, I have to say that I downgraded a number of these places because the check-in was not, it was not seamless. And so instead of getting a four or a five, you know, a lot of these places were getting threes and fours. Now, I should say that other parts of our trip, the host actually did come out and arrange to meet us. They used the messaging service to say, okay, you know, what, what time are you going to arrive? Can I meet you at such and such a place? And uh, where that happened in two or three situations, uh, it was great because, you know, quite frankly, these places are often very, very difficult to find. So I think a combination of providing very, very clear directions, but also using the Airbnb messaging platform to stay in contact uh, with your guests. And I think, you know, your guest uh, on the podcast the other day said that you should be responding to your Airbnb messages within minutes rather than hours. And certainly when you're expecting guests to be arriving, you know, we've all got a three o'clock check-in. So we know that 
you know, around three o'clock, we've kind of got to be alert and ready. Uh, but to you have to stay in close contact with your guests to kind of walk them through if they're encountering uh, any problems. So I guess the first advice that I would have to say is to hosts, check your directions and actually walk through or drive through the directions to see if they're clear or to see how you can improve upon them. And if you are in a, in a, in a location that's difficult to find, you know, set up a meeting place, use the messaging service to, uh, to stay in close contact with your guests, because in the end, it's going to end up in positive reviews instead of negative reviews. And, uh, you know, negative reviews uh, will just uh, really hurt your business. Right. And sometimes it's hard to imagine that guests would have trouble finding your place because you know, it's very easy for yourself, right? If you, you know where your place is, it's sometimes hard to put ourselves in the, the shoes of the guests and to imagine that it's tricky to find. But I've definitely had my own experiences where, you know, I, I spent quite a bit of time trying to find my Airbnb. Recently, I was in Moscow and I stayed at two different Airbnbs. And both times I was unable to, to find the place and uh, it took uh, the first time it actually took up to almost half an hour before I ended up uh, making contact with the host. So I think you're right. It's very important. And uh, you can't be specific and accurate and detailed enough when it comes to directions, because as you said, it's the first impression. If, if people can't find a place, then, you know, it's uh, it, it really hurts the experience. Another sort of out of the box thinking way to provide directions is to record a video of yourself arriving at your at your space so let's say you know you go to the nearest airport and uh, you just film yourself as you're getting a train ticket or you're getting into the taxi or whatever you know whatever the the best way to get to your place is and then just sending that video to people maybe fast forwarding or cutting out some of the parts to uh, to not make it too long well, that could be a, a good way, and also to uh, to make sure there's a picture of the of the door of the entrance to your space. Like uh, one of my Airbnbs in Russia, where I was staying, was a big building, and there was multiple entrances. And so I I really didn't know where exactly I was supposed to ring the doorbell or where what entrance I was supposed to use. So I think those are things that you can also do to uh, you know to be more accurate and to provide more guidance. Yeah, those are all those are all great ideas because uh, you know in a number of those difficult situations for us, it was frustrating because you know you you've got your luggage with you, you're tired, you know it, sometimes it can be late at night, and it's definitely not not the, an experience that you want to put your guests through for a variety of reasons. You know we're we're all in the hosting business, but. Um, you know, the, the direct is uh, you don't want to get a negative review because because somebody's had a very poor experience. Absolutely. Well, Jack, uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights. I think you've provided a lot of interesting uh, information for all the listeners out there. It's, it's certainly been inspiring for myself. So uh, thank you very much and uh, good luck with your business on the West Coast in Canada. All right, Jasper. It's nice to talk with you. And uh, I certainly enjoy listening to your podcasts. 
I've learned a great deal from them. So uh, carry on. Will do for sure. All and, right. Uh, this Friday, there will be another episode in which uh, I discuss the news. So I hope to see everybody back on Friday. Bye bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.